For years, I just dreaded going to the dentist. But at Advanced Dentistry, I don't have to. First and foremost, they want you to feel comfortable when you walk in, like, you'll feel it. Whereas in the past, I might have gone into the dentist and thinking, I might feel some pain at some point. But with IV sedation, it can be something that you don't dread. If you've been avoiding the dentist because of fear, worry, or just not wanting to be judged, you're not alone. Visit NoFearDentist.com to learn how IV sedation can change your life. And we're back. A little something for the ASMR fans oh, out there. Gross. Oh, gross. <laughs> oh, my God. A little gagging for them? <laughs> they get millions of listens. They I want, do. I want this to be an ASMR podcast. I did see Janet doing them. <laughs> oh, Janet that Jackson. was amazing. Yeah. And, well, also, Janet's voice is very specifically designed for that. And also, every year, she sounds more like Michael. Every year. It's the whisper. It's because she's always Hi. sort of just whispering. Yeah. Hey guys, it's Janet Jackson. I want to say, welcome back to Keep It. Who is that? Janet Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> That sounded like a man I needed to get away from. <laughs> Y'all, we are in the new studio. We're here. Yeah. It's we, very spacious. They finally let us back to Griffith. <laughs> they did let us come back. Do you know where we have been recording? <laughs> and the table the table is the same, though, so it's very Charlie Rose adjacent, but in a good way. I know. This makes me feel back. <laughs> Without like the we're... assault. Yes, right. <laughs> <laughs> this feels like we're discussing important things right yeah. yeah i just want to put up a finger and say topics yeah before you know we were just like hiding out in zaza gabor's abandoned mansion oh yeah um and now we're here and i'm very excited for this episode i want to apologize if i seem traumatized i'm still thinking about the ending of sharp objects which i will not spoil in the last 10 seconds of that show that show threw a knife at my forehead. Just out of nowhere, it zapped me. I love those 3D TVs. That's right. I'm, <laughs> I'm bleeding, I screamed. Coming up later, Kara has her top 10 favorite white women list. I do. I do. This is going to be historic. Guys, you guys asked for it. Yeah, it came up, and then you sort of asked for it. And either way, we're doing it. So <laughs> You're going to get it. You're going to get it. Can't wait to see where Scarlett Johansson ranks. <laughs> This is going to be my favorite VH1 special. Let me come back with the 100 greatest white women. <laughs> and later we will be joined by Andrew T. of the podcast, Yo, Is This Racist? We'll be talking about racist things, too. So, After bow. <laughs> In a recent interview in Tennis Magazine, French Tennis Federation President Bernard Giudicelli. Is he even French? Are Italian. you? <laughs> With all your goddamn voice work these days? Okay, uh, moving on. Bonsoir, Louis. <laughs> that means good night. <laughs> uh, he reportedly said that the tournament would be introducing a dress code ahead of the 2019 French Open because they're haters. And uh, they did not like... Serena Williams's Black Panther-inspired cat suit. That was medically designed to help prevent blood clots, you know, since she had a near-death experience after giving birth. Giudicelli said, It will no longer be accepted. One must respect the game and the place. I mean, she has since given an interview where she was like, lay off, who fucking cares? But 
he must have known her pretty well because this story to me almost felt like something planted to like as a fake story to make liberals act up or something. It's so obviously stupid. You know, like she's the disrespectful one, not the like thousands of years of like dress codes making sure that these women wear like cotillion gowns on the court or whatever they're supposed to wear. I mean, also disrespecting the sport. (laughs) It's an active sport. It's an active sport. It can't be disrespected. I mean, Maria Sharapova plays. Like, what's more disrespectful than that? (laughs) Right. I think also, when I think about Serena Williams and I think about just the piles and piles and piles of bullshit that she has had to deal with throughout her entire career, it makes me so mad. But then I remember that she's just better than everyone. And no matter what, she still beats you all and is still just a better person in general and will continue to go down as one of the greatest athletes of all time and just helped define the sport of tennis so I like you wish it's one of those things where it's like you know like black women can really like be strong and get through shit it's like well you shouldn't have to that's obviously the ideal but I also know that like she's still gonna beat you cat suit or not right I mean they were always talking about Jackie Robinson on the blogs so Serena knows what she's getting <laughs> into being sort of like the person who made ten- women's tennis or not matter, but you know. I think the other elevated thing that, it. The thing elevated that... it. It's it's she specifically, you know, brands herself at make sure people mention that she is an athlete. It's not about yeah. women's tennis. It's about being the best tennis player, being the best athlete. I think it's also obviously particularly egregious because she almost died giving birth due to blood clots. And it's yeah. like she's trying to just like be healthy. Like if she had come out in Whatever those things basketball players have on their arms, I'm like it, it's the same. It's like it's right. a it's to help her play her sport at the highest level possible, and so she doesn't fucking die. Also, again, she's so good at the sport, so number one that I feel like whatever she decides to wear is the best option for right. the game. <laughs> I, like, let's follow her lead. If she dresses like an American gladiator, we have to accept that. She's Maybe they right. should all be. They should all be right. in cat suits. Yeah, exactly. No, people named Yana should be like, ah, I now need to wear black it's like, spandex. It's like when everyone, all the swimmers, started wearing those bodysuit things. Oh yeah, remember and, that? And all the cupping they did obsessively during the Olympics, right? Well, you know now who we all come. not having it. Huh? Billie Jean King. Oh yeah. Oh well, she's not having it. She's on the right side. Of yeah, this. yeah she sent a tweet. What did Billie say? <laughs> she said, the policing of women's bodies must end. The quote-unquote respect that's needed is for the exceptional talent Serena Williams brings to the game. Criticizing what she wears to work is where the true disrespect lies. The great thing about Serena Williams, though, is also that much like, say, the NFL uh, protests, it really tells you real quick. It tells you a lot about someone. The anthem right. protest, yeah. Kara. Oh, the anthem in. protest. I swear <laughs> to fucking God, if you don't people stop calling them the goddamn anthem protest. They're upset with the song. <laughs> but it, the I, song is trash, too, by the way. <laughs> yeah. I found that people's responses to Serena Williams, it tells you a lot about them and and what they think of women and often black people and people who happen to be both of those things. Um, And and so you're all showing yourselves. You're showing your true selves, guys. She crip walked once. I can't believe it. (laughs) (laughs) She didn't do it in the club. Listen, if you think Serena has to walk around, you know, with a shiny fucking dress on and a crown (laughs) when she's taking these tennis players to freedom, (laughs) you got another thing coming. When we're back, social media reacts to John McCain's death.
Keep It is brought to you by Barefoot Dreams. Lewis? Yes? When you see Footprints in the Sand, that was when I carried you in my Barefoot Dreams rub. Now, is that a Leona Lewis song? <laughs> no? Uh, if you want to bring coziness into your life, you turn to Barefoot Dreams, especially now as the brand is celebrating their 30th anniversary. With those 30 years of coziness, Barefoot Dreams celebrates being the originators of everyone's favorite luxe home blanket. And while many have attempted to duplicate their blankets, robes, and more, Barefoot Dreams' fabrication and quality cannot be replicated, so don't believe the dupes. Girl, this blanket is it. I effing love this blanket. I'm thinking about it right now, and I want to jump in my bed, which is sponsored by something that we'll do another ad for momentarily. Get ready. There's a reason why Barefoot Dreams has been on Oprah's favorite things list six times. Jesus. Get a life, Oprah. My God. (laughs) Dressing head to toe in Barefoot Dreams is the key to comfort as their collection of ultra-soft robes, loungewear, and accessories are made with premium materials. Their products make the perfect gifts, too. Uh, I throw this thing on. I wear it like a shawl. I look exactly like Ellen Burstyn. And I am the coziest a human being can be. Because, by the way, it's still that time in Los Angeles where it's, like, pretty mild outside, and then your apartment is cold. I can't explain Mm. it. I don't know things like basic science. For Keep It listeners, you can get 15% off your first purchase at barefootdreams.com with the code KEEPIT15. Don't miss out on Barefoot Dreams' soft, soothing fabrics that will bring luxury to your life. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR and how I live my life every day. Oh, I'm glad to bear witness to it. (laughs) Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of a struggle. It sounds like you at Coachella. I'm already tuned in. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective, from Bobby Shmurda to The Wire... Michelle Obama to reparations. There's no limit to the range of black stories, black truths. Black perspectives have always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Doesn't the black experience sound like a three-disc Prince album we never got? Someone check the vault, please. <laughs> Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. Senator John McCain died on Saturday, August 25th from brain cancer at the age of 81. In the wake of McCain's death, citizens, celebrities, and politicians alike took to social media to respond to his passing and critique others on how not to reflect on his nearly six-decade-long political career. Literally, people popping out of dumbwaiters to be like, don't say that. Say that. It's like Patricia Clarkson in Sharp Objects. Like, honey, you're embarrassing me. Are you getting paid by HBO, Lewis? <laughs> I, I'm not with that doll set that you got from Marty Knoxon. Yes, I'm pressed. <laughs> Back to the topic. Um, John Lovett wrote a um, lovely piece for Crooked.com. Visit it. About mourning a patriot whose politics you hate. Um, which, you know, 
We could talk about the fact that John McCain was a war hero, that he, you know, stayed in captivity so that others could be released um, when he was a prisoner of war. But we also cannot divorce ourselves from the fact that he had a lot of policies that were racist. (laughs) And just terrible. And I think it's easier for liberals and politicians and commentators who are white to divorce those things so quickly than it is for people of color too. Just generally, I really hate like death Twitter. I really hate, I I find a lot of it and and I know that people are mourning and people are sad and all of that and not really even just like in the case of John McCain, but you know, like the second a celebrity dies and everyone's posting photos of them and it's always in the context of like what this person meant to me. And I get it, but I've just never, I've always found it. I don't really like it. Yeah, yeah. I just like don't really like to participate in in it very much. Um, And the John McCain stuff felt like that. Um, I don't know, people, people also, again, if we, if we talk about nuance one more time, (laughs) they can't have that conversation. They can't say, yeah, he was overall a good person, let's say, but also he wanted to repeal Obamacare. Um, and he did not vote for Martin Luther King Day to be a fucking holiday. Yeah, didn't and care only, much for Roe v. Wade, And by the only way. apologized for it when he was running against a black man. With fucking Hanna-Barbera character, Sarah Palin. <laughs> right, right. Uh, so we can't also ignore the fact that Sarah Palin ushered in, you know, this sort of anti-intellectualism. Just an era of into absurdity. politics. This is what you get when you Bing search your presidential uh, running mate. (laughs) Who is lady who be president? He typed. If you can't see the connection between Sarah Palin being like, I read books, all of them, you know, to Trump and his inability to write, um, then you're an idiot. Yeah, I and I think you're right because I I noticed that um, I the only thing I did tweet was there was that clip of him. (laughs) That we, we see a lot that people were using as an example of his sort of magnanimity where he where the woman said, I don't like that Barack Obama. He's an Arab. And he was like, no, ma'am, he's a good family man. And I don't know why people can't just say that was a bad thing to say. Yes. I don't know why people were like, yeah, but, you know, but he was a good like, yes, sure. But don't use that when you're trying to talk about him being a good person, because that was a bad moment and a bad clip. And I know that people were trying to sort of talk their way around it and say, well, he meant this or, you know, he wasn't saying that Arabs are the opposite of of good men. But that is what he said. And so let's just say that's not great and keep it moving as opposed to just trying to sanitize everything. And also, by the way, picking that as some career high moment, it's like. What? Like that's he how did low way is, better shit. Yeah. How exactly. low is the bar? How yeah. low is the bar? Like, uh, excuse me, a woman is screaming racist shit at him, and he had the what the the valor to respond. <laughs> no. What? Yeah. That's it. He did better things than that, guys. A yeah. clip of him dancing to like Annie Lennox and the Eurythmics at a wedding would be better than that. <laughs> yes, yeah, right. Uh, By the way, did you know that he was an extreme ABBA fan? Was he? He would. He brought like reporters back to his like Arizona retreat for something, and all he played was ABBA. He said, "I can't help it. I just love ABBA, and that's the <laughs> only thing on which we agree." So, I'm just going to cherish that moment for a split second. Maybe he um, recorded a secret cameo on Cher's forthcoming ABBA covers. Oh my God! Coming back at us from the like, he'll be hologramming soon at uh, Coachella. Um, no, but uh, what to me, what's weird also is like the amount of people who toasted him in death, still to me mostly sounded like they were saying he was better than his contemporaries, which is not to me 
uh, a glowing review. Like even uh, Elizabeth Warren, who tweeted a whole bunch about him, said, even when we disagreed, I always respected that his heart was focused on doing what was best for the American people. Is that it? Like, Is oh, that... you were thinking about other people? <laughs> when he didn't, he wasn't thinking about gay people. No, he sure don't wasn't. Don't tell. No, and also, he's so weird about gay stuff. He was like into Enda about anti-discrimination employment but then he was all about the first amendment defense act or whatever which is about religious liberty and i don't know if you know this Kara, but sometimes religious liberty is used to make gay people uh uh, uh die oh hadn't heard yeah hadn't so heard. Um, yeah i think it is it is something that i think you're right like i we see it split along i remember the same thing with scalia where i was like listen i hate him right and i think the world was moved on just fine without him. And he was, he did things. He was racist. He did not like gay people. He spent his life making life worse for those people. And I don't think you can say to those individuals like, no, but you need to take a moment and be respectful. I, I find that really odd. And, and I know that, and it's another one of those things where they're like, now's not the time he just died. And it's like, well, it is because now we're talking about him. And so I recognize that people, there are people who have different opinions on different people and that's fine, but that's what happens when someone dies. That's what we're talking about. And you don't get to say, you have to wait until we've stopped having the conversation to say bad things about them or not even say bad things to point out the bad things about them. Particularly if they are politicians and not even just like, you know, benign entertainers. It's not like Donna Summer died. It's like, no, this is somebody who like dictated, you know, uh, how life was for other people. You know, like, and again, it's like, how many times on Twitter are people like, when are we going to have a conversation about gun control? How about we have it now when the guy who took the most money from the NRA is like on the minds of everybody? You know? Right. And people can't wait to write their 95 theses when, you know, a undocumented immigrant kills someone. And so they can say all immigrants do this. But, you know, we have to wait before we can, quote unquote, politicize a politician mm-hmm. after they die. Their life was politics. Wasn't it so cute, though, how he started to move on uh, about gay rights when his wife told him to and his daughter told him to? Because it's up to women to have consciences for men like Also, this. Stephen Curry, who all of a sudden decided, like, feminism seems good. I have two daughters. Right. Ugh. Oh, good. Just half of the world being women <laughs> wasn't the tipping point for you. You know, Meghan McCain loves her brunch with her gays. Sure. Um, so, you know, she had to tell daddy. To be nice to them. She also loves quoting Margaret Thatcher. How endearing. (laughs) Shout out to Margaret Thatcher. (laughs) Nicki Minaj. (laughs) One thing I will say is like for, you know, not liking anything John McCain did, it was sort of nice to see that people could on, you know, different sides of the aisle could actually just genuinely like someone to say that like wow this was an actual like decent person that i wouldn't mind being in an elevator with or whatever it was like although his presidency was with the different sides of the aisle sort of went out the window we're on different fucking planes (laughs) (laughs) even that video the arab thing it's just like weird watching a video with a room you know just like full of these white people who are like obama is this evil arab who is coming to steal our country and those people are now in the limelight. But it also, it made me nostalgic (laughs) in a way where I was like, oh yeah, that was a lot better because at least he's not Donald Trump. I mean, like, yeah, Sarah Palin was there for sure, but it was, it did bring me back to somewhat of a simpler time where like, Barack Obama could say that he honestly had respect for John McCain. And I feel like John McCain could also honestly say he had respect for Barack Obama. And it's like, 
I don't know that we've had that since Yeah, then, right. Guys. That transaction is basically impossible Right, now. and Obama's giving a eulogy at his funeral. Yeah. Uh, and you know who was not invited? <laughs> Donald that Trump. Dumb, that fuck. Did you see all the videos of him where they're like, Sir, John McCain, are you going to say anything about John McCain? Are you going to say anything about John McCain? And he's just like, look, like he's looking at a fly in the room, just like looking <laughs> anywhere but the camera's like, we can see you. We can hear what the guy just said. You not saying anything isn't a response. John McCain's death is a Tyrannosaurus Rex, and if Donald <laughs> Trump does not move, it can't see him. <laughs> Basic science. I would like to thank John McCain for at least, you know, being the reason why I get to watch Bristol Palin on Teen Mom. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. You she know. also was a third place contestant on Dancing with the Stars. You know who she lost to? Jennifer fucking Grey, bitch, who is she, at least got to be in the low teens on, on your white women list. She's a great white lady. <laughs> you don't love Jennifer Grey? No, I just wanted to stare at you. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Make her, you nervous. Her and Ferris Bueller, one of my favorite performances. <laughs> we'll talk about this later. Uh, when we're back, we're going to talk about the black scent controversy in Crazy Rich Asians with... Andrew T. For over 130 years, McCormick has helped you make mom's lasagna to keep her secret recipe alive. Take over taco night. No matter how chaotic your day is. Conquer the bake sale even if you get to it last minute. And craft the perfect Sunday brunch when it's not even Sunday. Because with McCormick by your side, it's going to be great. On this episode of Plant Killers, we'll explore one nation's most notorious fruit and vegetable killer, bad dirt. What makes bad dirt so bad? The answer, the ingredients. But fear not, true crime enthusiasts. This story has a happy ending. New miracle Grow organic raised bed in garden soil. It's made with quality organic ingredients from upcycled green waste like compost and aged bark. Unlike the other guys who can't say the same. Looks like bad dirt's murdering days are over. Thanks to miracle Grow. Join us next time on Plant Killers. The first blockbuster uh, from an American studio with an all-Asian-led cast in 25 years, Crazy Rich Asians, has proven to be a box office hit. The film has also raised critical questions about cultural appropriation and authenticity, specifically as it relates to rapper, actress Nora Aquafina Loom's Paik Lin character. Film critics and social media have started weighing in on her perceived black scent and what that means for non-black people of color representation in Hollywood. And I'm, when I say they've been weighing in, they have been going in literally every fucking direction. <laughs> and I don't think anyone has agreed on what they think anymore. So to help us dive into that, we have Andrew T here. Oh, snap. Andrew, what I, is fe- up? I feel like you <laughs> should start doing podcast bingo. For all oh. of them. Andrew has been on every podcast in I, Los Angeles. I learned the the thing, the main thing I learned about the rele- from the release of Crazy Rich Asians is that too many, mostly white comics, but not exclusively white comics in LA, have only me as their Asian friend. <laughs> <laughs> have they all invited you to see the movie? It, it was not so much that, but it was a lot of people like, 
oh, did you see this yet? Yeah, I want to talk about it with someone. And also, a lot of people, anyone who had a podcast was like, well, will you come do a Crazy Rich Asians episode? And I was like, is that, am I all you got? Come on. You're suddenly getting way more Christmas we, cards. We oh, had, yes. We had someone before you. No, be I know. Y'all did it correct. And I, because... I feel like I'm here to have a more, uh, a much lower profile, but a more nuanced conversation. Yes. Well, yes, as yeah. the host of Yo, Is This Racist, a Correct. podcast that I have been on twice. <laughs> um, oh, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> Me too, Ira. <laughs> you can wipe those episodes, by the way. No one needs to hear Ira again. I Let me just say this. I've, I've recently uh, been trying to uh, book more white people on the show. So, Louis, already. <laughs> my, my dynasty begins, <laughs> sweetie. Watch our, out, Ira. All right, Crystal Carrington. <laughs> That's like the best compliment you've ever given me. Moving on. <laughs> she got brain cancer. She was written out the From show. From being glamorous. <laughs> That's true. Anyway, Andrew. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What were your initial thoughts after seeing this movie? So, um, I think the cultural appropriation thing is, I and, and let me just say this because I feel like I have a reputation. I want to get in front of this because I know <laughs> I'm. I feel like I have a reputation among Asian media people for being maybe a little harder on Asian people than everyone else. And I do want to emphasize it's from a place of love and frustration that this comes from. They need to pull up their pants. Give I your just... pancakes. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> that, this was a topic on a recent Insecure episode where they were saying Molly was being too hard on the the new black law firm she was at. So yeah. a problem that permeates us all. I And, and I think it's, it's uh, the, you know, very reasonably a question of like, uh, where do you have this conversation? Not that you shouldn't have the wild things I'm about to say, <laughs> but um, no, it's not that crazy. But it is true. Like, is, is this a thing that just becomes ammunition for racists to use against? You know, like, where when does one become a Bill Cosby, like a scold, as opposed to someone actually productive? But I do think it's worth digging into. You know, like this idea that Aquafina and many. East Asian people from urban places. I have, I'm just going to air them out right now. I have cousins from San Francisco that I think they stopped, but I'm not positive. But when they were younger, they would call each other the N-word. Like, you know, because mm -hmm. they were urban youths of color. And that was, to their minds, what that was for. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> now, <laughs> but that's, and that's prevalent in like Bay Area, yeah. like Asian people. It's yeah. prevalent on the six train too. <laughs> I was tight five today. <laughs> Ooh, we're doing this. Um, no, but that's that's so that's a thing where like, you know, people are, have and I was just saying before we started, like, honestly, the takes have been all over the place on yeah. on whether or not like it's, you know, cultural appropriation for Asian people to talk hip hop. <laughs> is that is that the like that that's Iraniest ass way to say yeah. that? Yeah. And that's part of the issue with the conversation was that they immediately conflate a certain way of speaking with the way black people talk. Yeah. And that is I don't not see the point everyone is trying to make, but I think it's also you have to be careful with saying this is how black people speak. Right. So when you may as well like say that. this is how the blacks speak. Yeah, exactly. Because right, I left the movie being like, well, I didn't hear a black scent because 
black people don't talk like that. Right, right. <laughs> no one talks like that. Aquafina is one, you know, a singular person talent. I mean, I, I here's what I will say, and I think that. Like most conversations on the internet, it's fucking wildly like misses the point, which is, you know, a lot of people, the conversation goes, Aquafina's using a black accent. Um, and then the rejoinder is, well, she's actually from Queens. She can do this. And I think a lot of the X or Y person can do this, quote unquote, is wildly misguided because it's yeah. not like. It, it, right, not no one's saying Aquafina is doing a thing that isn't her. People are all kinds of people. Mm-hmm. You know, there are people that there are. I, I used to work on a show where a clip that was passed around the writers' room a lot was a white guy who was born in Jamaica doing <laughs> you know a Jamaican accent, and you're like, you know, and the, even that show was like. Are we? Is he allowed to do this? He was born in Kingston. I mean, obviously, he was a landowner and practically had slaves, but whatever. Like, <laughs> you know, is he allowed to do this? And I love Jack Black, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like a thing where you're like, it's not about whether the person can do it. It's the fact that they are disproportionately rewarded because, on some level, we as an entire culture in aggregate think it's funny that an Asian person has that accent mm-hmm. or has that voice, that mm-hmm. accent, that like manner of speaking. I think something that's interesting that I haven't seen in the think pieces I've read about it is in comedies, a lot of the time, the Aquafina role in Crazy Rich Asians would be a black person. Yeah. Like it would be Chris Tucker or it would be Tiffany Haddish or somebody who, uh, you know, there's a straight-laced main character and then you have the sassier, wiser, you know, person who like drags them out of their shell and usually, you know, it gets to be funny and like broad and it almost feels to me like it's written to sound like a Chris Tucker role. And so I'm wondering if she is simply reading the dialogue, but then also she did this in uh, Ocean's 8 too. Yeah. Which feels, honestly, um, it felt less weird for me in Ocean's 8 mm-hmm. just because, you know, Rihanna's there speaking like an actual black person. <laughs> um, so All I'm right. just like, oh, this is just, a bunch of different people yeah. there, you well, know? The thing that I found most jarring was literally just that we're supposed to believe that this woman who was born in <laughs> in Singapore went to college in the United States for four years and, and picked up that, 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 that <laughs> accent. That was, the, that was the thing where I was like, well, that's silly. And An- Andrew and I saw the movie together, and we had this conversation coming out because one of the things that was very noticeable and that people have been talking about is the treatment of anyone with any melanin in this film. Um, In particular, there's a scene when they they pull up to this palace and the guards are Indian and they're in like this very specific sort of garb and they're treated as very sort of like foreign and it's like they're scared. The girls are screaming. Literally looking for Johnny Quest. Yeah, Yeah. and so... (laughs) (laughs) And so... (laughs) A lot of the responses to that were like, that is the racial politics of this country are fucked up. And so the movie is accurately representing them. But, Andrew, you made the point where you can't decide to be accurate in one part and then throw it out the window another part. It's a little hard to argue that. So, so yeah, to, to kind of flesh that out, the colorism of the movie, which is evident, and I don't want to harp on it as much as I'm about to, but, like... Their their colorism of rich East Asia is evident in that movie. Yes. 
And so that's that's another thing where like the kind of like equivocators will fall back on, you know, the truth. Like, yeah, Singapore is a problematic place that is, you know, we do like, you know, shit on brown Asians, you know, in Singapore, but that's just Singapore. And it is like on one hand, the producers, oh man. Okay, I'm just gonna say it because I, I I love the movie. It's very important for what it is, but it's not the be all end all. But the producers are able to say on one hand, this is just Singapore. But on the other hand, take liberties with things like Aquafina's accent with her Korean dad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Which is fine. Like Ken Jong is fine. Like Henry Golding's hapaness is fine. It all works. He is Asian, but and hot. And hot as fuck. But <laughs> I will I'm gonna recycle two spicy takes. One is how much sexual chemistry did you have with Michelle Yeoh in that scene? Oh, Andrew <laughs> and I thought that, that was like one of the first things we said when we got out. I was like, yeah. oh, they're about to fuck. I was like, what kind of movie is this? <laughs> and, and with Chris Pang on that raft. I was like, yes. that was wild to me. I was like, shh. I is know. Is this movie going to go in a different direction than I thought? <laughs> I, know, like, I know that John M. Cho was uh, trying to give you seeds of like, oh, um, Asian men can be, you know, yeah. desired. They can be hot. They could be sexual. But like when Henry Golding <laughs> and uh, Chris Pang, Chris Pang, yeah, are sitting <laughs> like on that dock, just like shirtless Oof. in these short shorts, having this conversation with each other. I thought I was watching a Sean Connery movie. <laughs> and now we cut to Cancun, where two gorgeous men are. Yeah. <laughs> It was. Uh, I want to see that movie. I know. Crazy How? gay Asia. Isn't that? I, I want to see those two play Mahjong. Because that <laughs> yeah. was some sexual heat, too. And it's <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just a lot of great chemistry. <sighs> I don't know. I mean, you can't be like a generational landowner in Singapore without rivers of blood on your hands. So <laughs> maybe we don't love these people. You know, it just can't be everything to everyone. But that's a larger um, thing, though, about this movie yeah, yeah. being it. I mean,. And it is such a fun movie, and it is a rom-com, and the notion that a romantic comedy designed to be as appealing to the most amount of people possible is going to be the most accurate depiction of Asian identity we've ever seen on screen is silly. And so while while like the conversation should be happening, I think it's also it's unfortunate that like they all have to happen about this film because we should be able to have there should be five films and we're talking about maybe there's an Aquafina type accent in that one and in and, and the way that it's presented in that film allows us to critique it in a different, more specific way. I wish yeah. it were a series, to be honest, because that stuff you bring up, you know, about landowners, you know, in yeah. Singapore, it's like, I would want the soapy drama, you know, with oh, Henry yeah. and Constance, but then also like having to deal with the racist history yeah. of like how this family got this. Yep. Um, but... You know, to Kara's point, um, how do you feel, you know, that people are sort of getting away from having to make Crazy Rich Asians be everything now that we have movies like Searching and To All the Boys I Loved Before, which just recently came out. And, like, people are like, oh, Asians (laughs) make other movies. (laughs) I will just say this, uh, peeling back the curtain a little bit, Kara, for fully one calendar year, has been like, Get your fucking Asian <laughs> family comedy script ready to go for the day after Crazy Rich Asians comes out. And guess what? It's not done. He yet. didn't but do it. He didn't is, do. It was at, I remember the party. We were at a Christmas party yeah. last December. Yeah. And like, you were like, just do it. You're an idiot for not doing this. And I'm like, I'll get there. And I just never, I just, it's almost 
the, the outline's almost finished. Like Oprah to Lindsay Lohan, <laughs> I just want you to win. <laughs> I know. And, and also, you need to cut the bullshit. <laughs> I will say this also, uh, my manager straight up, like, that Monday was like, so what happened to that other script? Yeah. yeah. I was like, okay. This is the I thing. Hollywood is so reactive. Anytime anything that doesn't star fucking Matt Damon does well, they're like, oh, wait, wait. Black people go to movies? Wait, wait. People will watch Asian people on screen? A woman? A woman? <laughs> like, that's that's literally how they think. And if you, if you are a writer, if you are a content creator, somebody who wants to do this, I'm telling you, the next time they have something with your type of person that's going to come out that makes money, have your script ready because these people are so Be reactive ready. and they will just buy whatever. Just right? Boy Erased is coming out and when it gets those Oscars, if you are a gay who went to conversion <laughs> therapy, get your script. <laughs> this, is, this is the life advice for everyone. But no, yeah, that, I, I think the thing is like, thankfully, like, you know, Searching and To All the Boys I Love Before and, you know, many other movies are have have always you know that's the thing there's always been asian folks but people of all colors you know it's that that the flip side to the reactive side part of hollywood is just like oh it's like a fucking guppy right you're just like mm-hmm. oh, oh, oh the cool the cool thing and then the fact that we all have to hustle so much when you know it is also true that we're always out there making stuff right. like mm-hmm. and so i think though that a little bit of shine for these projects is great you know and and thankfully you know also like i do feel like asian folks have been coming into a you know more diverse more entertaining voice a little bit in the last couple and this is i mean i'm sure i can tell all the people that are mad at me for being too hard on asians are screaming (laughs) into their phones right now like we've always been that and it is True, it is true, but like I do think the level's just a little bit higher these days. But it also, um, I think, like people have to be. I mean, there's so much like television being made, for example, that like making a television show is super hard. Mm-hmm. Like right now in 2018, mm-hmm. because there are so many of them yeah. and so many people that want to do them. So I think in general, like people have had to be a little better with their yeah well you know what and also like the the rise of uh like youtube like asian asian youtube is a thing that is like look wildly out of my demographic for so many (laughs) reasons but did aquafina come from that is that she she had had like a yeah yeah. she had a Uh web series i think that was her in that bodega yeah but even before that i think she came out with the yeah the um the her her like music video yeah right Yeah. yeah so so there's that and and that was like a place where it's like so clear that asian americans specifically are so starving for representation that like you know the 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 and not not to like shade on any of the fucking like Asian YouTube people, but it is like they gobbled up the low hanging fruit because of course just do that. Andrew, thank you so much for Thanks joining for us me. on the show. The this podcast is, is Yo, is this racist? And Thanks. you yeah. should listen to it if you have questions about things that may be racist if you want to hear two people wildly discuss two people and a guest who sometimes is very scared discuss uh race issues also if i may if you're in chicago on 
November 29th, we're going to be at PodFest. And we are, are we stressed about selling tickets? You bet we are. <laughs> Buy a ticket, please. <laughs> Andrew's, Andrew's very funny. I'll make it a good show no matter what, even if I call the entire city of Chicago racist. That's a promise. <laughs> it is. I'm from there. I can guarantee it. Yes. <laughs> it's <we're>... Poland, too. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> when we're back. We'll see how far Jennifer Lawrence gets on Kara's top 10 white women list. Spoiler alert, she won't be on it. (laughs) They say plants like music. Yeah, no, like really, they, they respond to the vibrations of it, which means that this playlist you're listening to, the plants are too. You know what else plants like? Organic soil from miracle Grow. It's made with all the best stuff like wood fiber and compost. Plus, it's Omri certified organic, which officially means it's made with superior ingredients. And when you give your plants the stuff that makes them happy, they won't judge you on your iffy playlist. Hear that, plants? So go ahead and give them miracle Grow. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. And we're back. The moment you've been waiting for. Kara, I know you got that list. I got it. Before I start, I want to say something. After this list, I don't want anybody tweeting at me, emailing me, in my DMs, saying you forgot so-and-so or what about whoever. This is a living, breathing list. Just because your fave is not on it right now does not mean she will never be on it. I do not want suggestions. I do not want any additions to this. But by the way, your fave also may never get on the, the list, which may also never. may make us happy. Exactly. So. She may never be there. Um, but it is, a, it is a living, breathing list. I'm sure there are some ladies I have forgotten, but this was who came to my heart most immediately. Sorry, Lewis. Geraldine Page probably won't be on there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm going to go backwards from 10, but know that the it's not a hard ranking. Got it. I didn't put them in that exact order. This is just a working list. Um, so I have Mary Berry. Interesting choice. Oh, yeah, we love that great British baker. I fuck with her and her and her exquisite pastries. I just like her. I like the idea of her being around. May I do uh, my impression of her? Please. You have achieved a light moose. <laughs> Thank you. I also have. Um, I That's know she's your British accent. <laughs> nope. I I don't need the accent. I just mm. I, I, just I the summon the, the spirit. Yes, yes. yes, yes. I, I don't need to indicate as you well, do. You, well, you're not going to be invited to tea time at Big Bet. Oh my God. Oh, good Lord. Meisner trained <laughs> bullshit over here. Oh my God. This is not a famous woman, but my sixth grade English teacher, Miss Davis. Oh, she got number nine. <laughs> yeah, she's oh, on there. Oh, what'd she do? She just was great, did and I just really you, loved her. Did she teach you how to write? 
She was very helpful in teaching me how to write. Yeah, and we and she in her class I read To Kill a Mockingbird, which went on to become one of my favorite books. And she just was like fucking cool. All right, can't deny that. Um, we have Christine Baranski. Oh, totally. We have lots of women with hard bangs right now. Yes. And like helmet hair, uh, which is great. Yeah. I, every time I see her on screen, I'm just reminded in The Good Wife. There's a lot There's a lot of Good Wife love on this list. Yes, there's The Good Wife. There's Y'all need to watch The Good Fight, people. Mm-hmm. Um, Ira loves The Good Fight. It is like but don't you know, her like, and that black firm and that, her and that all yes. black firm. I was like, if I didn't already love you, Christine Baranski. Her and Audra McDonald just sashayed around the office. One time I saw her in a turtleneck and we have never had better severity. That is severity number one. Audrey Hepburn was shut. No, precisely. Oh yeah, funny face. <laughs> funny get the fuck away. Bye. <laughs> this this might be a bit of a, a curveball. Kristen Bell, who I just- Veronica Mars, I, I love that bitch. I just find her so delightful. <laughs> I think she's beautiful. I just love a I love a Kristen Bell late night interview. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. No, she is a great late night interviewee. Mm-hmm. My one problem with Veronica Mars is I'm not sure I find her hilarious, but she's perfect for that role. She's perfect for that role. Also her the video of her crying over that sloth. Um which was the realest TV moment ever. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Um then we have this is a fictional character, but I love her like she is in Alicia Florick. Yeah. Oh wow! From the good, from the good wife. Lots of women who have their names embossed on things. Yes, yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. that is that is my mood always. Alicia Florrick is great, as opposed to uh, Carol Hathaway on ER. No, <laughs> Juliana Margulies. <laughs> oh, oh, Juliana Margulies. Oh, her fighting with uh, Archie Punjabi. Yeah, I didn't one of the like most that. underrated feuds ever. It is because they they, they had a love- reunion scene where they did not reunite. <laughs> but I love. I also feel like Alicia Florrick should have been mentioned in rap songs more. Like, she mm. just, to me, I'm like, she's... Right, because black people watch The Good Fight. Exactly. The Good Wife. Exactly. Also, my favorite thing about Alicia Florek, I guess also in Juliana Margulies, is like, she always looks like she has kind of a headache. It's like, <laughs> she looks like if, she looks, she looks she like does. if Fran Drescher had a headache. She That's does. what she looks like. Then we have Victoria Beckham. Oh, sure. Who just from day one, her no smiling ass, she inspired me to continue to not smile. <laughs> Yeah, she's actively like, I'm just not going to do like, it. She's like, I'm not going to do it. I don't care what any of you think. I am happy behind this scowl. I am I am loving my life. That she made the transition from those tacky-ass jeans oh, yeah. to being like a legitimate fashion designer. Have you ever seen these 73 questions with her? Do you know oh, what this yes. is? The, oh, of course. Her okay. 73 questions is probably the best. It's probably I, I would say Nicole is the best, but let me say this. There is a part where they're like, if you could wipe out one problem, what would it be? And she turns to the camera and just goes, AIDS. AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> and she, let me, the way she says the word AIDS is like it's spelled A I D T Z E, which is how it should be pronounced from here on out. I love her. <laughs> Who would you have dinner with? David Beckham. <laughs> <laughs> 73 questions, deeply underrated. Then I have the D O double G, Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> Oh, she's the best. I always say she's like if Cher's Twitter went to Harvard. Ooh, that's a good description. Um, I Elizabeth, if if you're listening, we'd love you to, to come on, talk about ballers, perhaps. Oh yes, only ballers. Only we won't ballers. ask you about anything It'll else. It'll be an all ballers episode. I'll just actually for you. watch ballers <laughs> just to talk about it with Elizabeth Warren. Then we have, <laughs> then we have you guessed it, Kelly Clarkson. Oh yeah, my thick queen. Behind these hazel eyes, she is just a queen. I just, I voted my December is my awakening. Oh, oh yeah. God, I okay. love your improv training. <laughs> I voted I I literally voted for her 
in American Idol. <laughs> like I, got, I had my landline and I dialed the numbers and I voted for Kelly Clarkson. So I feel like I've just been with her from day one. I said I. Sorry to my regret. She has was- never disappointed. She's never said anything crazy. She's just she just sings her songs. All this anti Nikki McKibben joy here. I'm just <laughs> very shocked. Then I have then I have Robin Wright, who honestly in Wonder Woman, whatever spoiler she dies, but uh I was like, Oh, she's gonna be Wonder Woman, right? Right. This is what I was assuming when I saw her on a horse in armor. I was like, Oh, there there is Wonder Woman. And it was not. But she can always come back. I would love a spin off, mm-hmm. a Robin Wright superhero spinoff I feel like Robin Wright is somebody who just confidently with a slow nod tells you she doesn't have time yes and her with like the way she can carry like an asymmetrical haircut mm-hmm. oh yeah and just I want to watch her do push-ups she's I got those arms cut a I book want, I want I want a memoir of her Sean Penn days oh, oh right I want that tea she's like if the singer Robin like aged into Claritin commercials that's that's the look she goes for with a, a cream-colored everything. She's somebody who will wear a, a dusty pink, which I enjoy. Living rooms of the 80s, whatever there's, colors they were, that's what she sta- wore. There's a hard stare happening right now. So then I have, the now we're at the main event. I, I wow. couldn't pick, I couldn't pick a number one. So I have two that are tied for first. And the first one is... Martha Stewart. Oh, yes. Mm. Talk about D.O. Double double G. I mean, this bitch. There is an interview that she gave. I think it was maybe Vulture New York Mag, where she talked about the correct way to cut a pomegranate. And someone said to her, Martha, what would you do if you saw someone doing it incorrectly? And she said, well, I would go and show them how to properly cut a pomegranate because why would you do it incorrectly? And it's that sort of unrelenting vision that has gotten her (laughs) where she is down to cutting a guy. Who the fuck cares how you cut a pomegranate? Martha cares. Oh, yeah. My prison bay. Her prison bay. This bitch looks incredible. Have you seen a picture of her? She's she like coming up on 80, right? She's like 77. Yeah. She's the best age white woman I have ever seen in my life. No. Uh, also, I mean, like, it, I, I feel like I maybe brought this up on Keep It Before. In the late 90s, there was a time when Martha Stewart told you to paint your cabinets robin's egg blue, and you fucking and did, you it. did it. you did it. You did it. I just, I mean, the prison component, she's just, it's, I can't even, it's hard to even, it's hard to even speak she when I think of Martha. She did that. She did that and continues to do that. Also, the way she says the word Connecticut with its 90 syllables and her, like, garbled elitist tone yes. is She's exactly right. She's also just right. so deeply Caucasian, and right. I, I love it. Like, when you've just committed to that level of, of whiteness on every level of your life. Right. I can't be, I can't be mad She wears but, denim in a way where, like, Blythe Danner can only dream. But excessively <laughs> Caucasian. Excessively Caucasian. oppressively Caucasian. Yes. Like, yes. Like, Paltrow. <laughs> be excessively Caucasian. <laughs> and then we have, of course, Celine Dion, my Oof. my brilliant nutter butter from the north. I she's just she's the voice. She is crazy and I love her. Um I hope she never stops rambling. I love her accent. I love her hair. I love when she gets excited about something. I love when she gets upset about something. Yeah. I love every emotion and mood Celine Dion has ever had. Her Larry King Live performance. Her, if you haven't seen her Larry King Live interview after Hurricane Katrina, I suggest you go watch it. Obviously, Hurricane Katrina was not funny. The interview is hilarious. 
she's very upset in a really true, genuine heart way. on her sleeve. Just and heart unlike on her any sleeve. pop star, exactly. She had just donated like a million dollars. She was like, "No one is doing enough. We need to get them boats. I don't care if they're looting." She was going on and on. At the end, she breaks into song while, with tears streaming down her face, and it's just remarkable. Also, I mean, she smiles and doves fly out. I mean, just she's. I know she also like loves like a sparkly sheath dress. Picture the. $5,000 wedge on Wheel of Fortune. That is always how she is dressed. Just she's, bright diamond. She's the best thing Canada has ever produced. Yes. I say that confidently. I'm an Alanis person, but I will allow this. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Sean Mendes is sitting right there shirtless. <laughs> um, I will also say that whenever you want to talk about the best cover songs ever, they're usually Celine Dion songs. They are. They she are. took people's songs and was like, no. That Beauty and the Beast? Right. <laughs> Beauty and the Beast cover? I can make them better. <laughs> so those are my favorite current white women. Again, if you're going to submit submissions, they have to go through Crooked Media, not Kara. Do not send me submissions, people. Put them in a dossier. Yes. Yeah. Just say them out loud and, and think to yourself. If you have submissions, keep it. How about that? <laughs> That's easy to remember. Well, maybe we'll, we'll do this again in like three to six months, and I'll see. I'll see if any anything has shifted. I uh-huh. feel like it won't at all. I, I feel, feel like, like Selena's going to keep shaking us all night long. <laughs> wow, is that a callback to the uh, Divas Live performance where she did air guitar and performed that? Yeah, yeah, very good. That was Sly. Well, you know, it's the power of love. Who did she perform? Oh my god. <laughs> You're like a you're like a <laughs> Mad Lib today. I drove all night to get here. <laughs> anyway, that's the way it is. When we're back, keep it. And we're back <laughs> with our favorite segment of the episode. Always, it's keep it. It is. Uh I'm going to say keep it to Lewis this week. Just for the hell of it? Yeah. I'm always be keeping it. <laughs> Speaking of my black sense. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Indeed, I actually should just keep I it I wish now. you all could see our producer Corinne's face right now. <laughs> uh, Lewis, what is Good your Lord. real keep it? All right. First of all, quick keep it to people cutting the music from Veep with footage of Donald Trump. Oh, you don't say our bumbling president reminds you of the television show Veep. Congrats on that lightning bolt from heaven. You must be a fucking genius. <laughs> I hate when the people do that with Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Like, we've seen it enough. Yeah. But yeah, three years ago, four years ago, whatever. Second of all, keep it to the song Drew Barrymore by Bryce Vine. Um, <laughs> what? You know the song Drew Barrymore? I thought you were going to say SZA. No, no, oh, no, no. I was going to say, first of all, we already have a song called Drew we, Barrymore yes. by SZA, which is fine. We need that song. Who the fuck is Bryce Vine? What are you talking about? Girl, this song is on the radio all the time. Here's the thing. Is this Bryce Dallas Dallas Howard's rap name? No, here's the thing. That would be amazing. (laughs) The lyric goes, you're the next Drew Barry and I want more. Can I get a punch up on that lyric? It's terrible. Also, if you're going to invoke the name Drew Barrymore, don't have music that sounds like this droning post Malone shit. Drew Barrymore is a name that evokes joy. She evokes talking about coconut water. She evokes quirkiness. She evokes the movie Home Fries. I need these things brought up when we talk about Drew Barrymore. Boys on the side. Firestarter. E.T. Precisely. Um, There actually is a separate verse in this where somebody raps through a couple of titles of her, but the problem is it's not enough. It doesn't evoke Drew Barrymore. Who is this? Bryce Vine. Okay. (laughs) Wow. 
Now I, I I'll just leave Drew Barrymore with Cameron D. <laughs> yeah. and Death it's an E. Yes, Charlie's Angels. Come, Come on. on. Oh, good lord. Question, Kara, what's your cue? Okay. So, <laughs> Lauren Hill has been in the news recently. Um, Robert Glasper, who, by the way, does not have a great outlook on women generally, but was really critical of her. People have been writing think pieces. Lauren responded with a very long note on Medium, and I'm just going to read this one this one graph for you. She says, perhaps my seriousness and militancy in the face of tremendous resistance was misinterpreted as meanness or that I was unloving or uncaring when my true intent was to protect. I wouldn't be the first black person accused of this. I don't think of Harriet Tubman's skills as those of a hostess, but rather her relentless dedication to helping people who wanted out of an oppressive paradigm. If you bitches don't stop mentioning goddamn Harriet Tubman, I swear to God, what is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? Stop mentioning this woman's name. Nothing you were doing is anything like Harriet Tubman will ever be, isn't in the universe. Stop saying her name. She doesn't want you talking about her. She doesn't want you talking about her. I promise you. I promise you. Stop bringing up Harriet Tubman. Ever. Ever. None of you are allowed to bring her up. None of you. Stop it. Stop it right now. Keep it. Shut up. I cannot stress to you enough to stop fucking talking about this woman. It is not like freeing slaves. It is nothing like slavery. Just, I don't know what's wrong with you and why you keep bringing up specifically Harriet Tubman. Also, Harriet managed to free the slaves and be on time for her concerts. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) She gave you a follow-up album. And I'm not even the worst. I'm not even not on Lauren Hill's side. Like, I think she made some good points. And then you undercut everything by mentioning and comparing yourself to goddamn Harriet Tubman. Right. The rest of it was great. I was like, oh, okay. Points were made. Harriet. (laughs) Harriet Winslow? Yes. (laughs) Oh, Tubman. Disappear like Judy Winslow is what I'm talking about. Lauren and I I was rooting for you. I even though I know that if the entire survival of humanity rested on you showing up on time to something, we'd all be dead. I know that. But still, I still love the album. It's one of the greatest albums ever made. Shut up. Shut up. I, I think the it's also of her oh. being late all the time is that I'm seeing her in September and I'll probably show up by the time she goes on stage. I know. <laughs> I'm literally not picturing her like in the Everything Is Everything video, like the record scratch and she falls. I have a I have a I have a friend who's black who was going to a Lauren Hill concert with a group of white people and she was like and they were like, We got the show starts at eight, we gotta get there at eight thirty and she was like, Hell no. And they didn't listen to her. And so they stood and waited for this bitch for like two hours. Yeah, they're still there. And she was like, I told you. I told you this. I told you this was gonna happen. Uh stressing me out. Sorry. Stop. Please stop. Guys, please. You have to stop. <laughs> well, as the Harriet Tubman of Keep It. Right. Um, my <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm more of a Sojourner Truth. Oh, Because uh, I tell it like it is. <laughs> Ain't you a woman. <laughs> uh, my Keep It this week is about Louis C.K., who, as we prepared to do our show last night, and I started to drift off to bed, awoke me i i I sat up as if from some nightmarish dream (laughs) looked at my phone what is this aesop fable and saw that louis ck took the stage 
booked on Monday night in New York and did a surprise 15-minute set and was met with a ovation. I noticed that the Hollywood reporters said that he was met with an ovation and not standing ovation. (laughs) There was ovating. There was ovating. (laughs) There was ovating. (laughs) Um, You know what? No one wanted him to come back for one, but what was more annoying than the fact that he went up and did this, um, you know, non-consensual 15-minute set (laughs) is the fact that Twitter, once again, lost their goddamn minds this morning with everybody jumping out of the woodwork to be like, Louis C.K. served his time. When? He served his time. He didn't do shit. Where? When did he serve his time? Those 10 minutes. He was on vacation. Also, I think here, you know, people remember that story as being like, well, he apologized. Do you know what he did for a long ass time? Lied about it for like years and years and years. And he was dogged by those allegations. So the least we could do is spend more than like 31 minutes putting him in what, like the penalty box. Also, he's one of the only people who admitted to yes. what he did. Right. Jerk it off at a fucking plant. Like there's plants next to us right now. I'm afraid Louis C.K.'s cum is in it. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to move to another podcast now. <laughs> There are also, again, people don't know how to write headlines because I saw multiple headlines that said Louis C.K. resurfaces after his sexual harassment or whatever. Allegations. He said he did it. He there did is a that written shit. statement where he said, yes, I did all of those things. They're not fucking allegations anymore. It's truth. It's what happened. He did it. He said he did it. And when you use language like that, again, you're just protecting these terrible men. And I don't understand why everyone can't just be better. Meanwhile, Aziz Ansari is coming back. He he did a show. Matt Lauer was caught, I think, by like TMZ, and he said something like, "I'll be back on TV soon." Like, it's not even been a year. Don't threaten us. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, MTV needs something there. <laughs> I guess it's that's the other thing. Where, Yo, like, Matt Lauer raps. Yeah, Louis C.K. This stuff came out in November of 2017. It hasn't even been a full calendar year. Like, he can't even... The notion that they've served their time or that they deserve anything is ridiculous. He's done nothing to make up for anything that he's done. I mean, there's a chance, I suppose, that he's been doing this all in private, but I don't know any steps he's taken to be better or to make amends with the women that he did this to. It hasn't even been a year. It sounds like he just I've lived been, his life quietly as a millionaire for I've a year. I've been waiting for a man to text me back since November 2017. <laughs> it hasn't been that long. He hasn't. It's been like two days. <laughs> it reminds me of that what Hannah Gatsby said, how we're obsessed with like protecting reputations. It's like uncomfortable for us to just live with the fact that someone's reput a man's reputation has been ruined. And it's just, well, he hasn't done enough to like recover from it. You can't just come right back. You know, I always <laughs> come right back. Always- oh my god. I wish you were dead today. Jesus, you are gross. Guys, this will be Kara's last episode yeah. of Keep It. Is there room on Pod Save the I People? Quit. We're yeah, we're moving I can, there. Can- <laughs> um, you know what? I have just one more key there. Oh, God. Ooh. I was watching some Vanderpump Rules reruns on Hulu. As one And does. was seeing commercials, every commercial break, for this podcast called The Daily. I saw, like, ten different commercials for The Daily during an episode of Vanderpump Rules, and I've had enough. Ira, Where... you, don't, you don't pay the twelve ninety nine to get the no commercials? Well, I have Hulu with TV, which is oh, already okay. like $40. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
so I could have a DVR uh, and watch Bravo live. Of course. So you're uh, saying you don't want to even be reminded of the existence of other podcasts. It's too hard. I understand that. I just want to keep it commercial on Hulu. You oh, know, sure. You know we're at a network where they make other podcasts. Oh, I haven't listened to them. <laughs> no, right. Never been on a single one of them. <laughs> what do they think of the new Murphy Brown? I want to know. Uh, that's our show this week. Dear God. <laughs> You, I, this week, I accept people just reaching out of the work and saying, can those three keep it? Can, <laughs> what about that? Thank you for listening to the worst episode of Keep It. <laughs> for you Southern Keep It listeners, I will be in New Orleans this weekend at the Big Queer Pod Fest, hosted by Fran Torado from Food for Thought and Jeff Masters of LGBTQNA. I will be a guest along with Jake Shears. I can confirm that Ira is a queen of the damned, so he will belong in New Orleans. <laughs> you can eject him whenever you want. He'll come right back here, and we're sorry to take him back. The show is Saturday, September 1st at 6, and it's completely free. Get your tickets at theacehotel.com. You get to hang out with Jake Shears? Actually, if, if I want to hang out with Jake Shears, I can, I can just go to Aquar. All right. We'll see you next <laughs> week. <laughs> They say plants like music. Yeah, no, like really, they, they respond to the vibrations of it, which means that this playlist you're listening to, the plants are too. You know what else plants like? Organic soil from miracle Grow. It's made with all the best stuff like wood fiber and compost. Plus, it's Omri certified organic, which officially means it's made with superior ingredients. And when you give your plants the stuff that makes them happy, they won't judge you on your iffy playlist. Hear that, plants? So go ahead and give them miracle Grow. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.